1: hey there, future paleontologists. I'm Dinosaur George, and I am so glad to have you with me today. For all of you that were riding to school listening to this, or listening in the morning before school or after school, or even if you're sneaking out listening to it during school, shame on you for sneaking out of class. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. It is so nice to be with all of you. Now, today's podcast is going to be totally different from all the other podcasts, and I'm going to do these every now and then. I receive so many questions from kids all over the world, I simply can't answer them all during the regular podcast. There's just no time. So this podcast is going to be nothing but questions and answers. I'm just going to go right down the list I'm going to visit the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook page and read some off of there. And then I'm going to read some of the ones that were sent to me through my website, dinosaurgeorge.com. If you have a question that you would like to submit, you can go to dinosaurgeorge.com. Click on the Dinosaur George Kids podcast page, and there's a form. You can fill it out, and you can send it to me. And I will try my best to read it. The best way to get your questions answered is, of course, to become a Patreon member because they get priority with everything. But the other is to follow us on the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Become a group member. There's no fee. It's free and it's open to everybody. So those are some of the ways. Before I jump in and start answering I got a couple of uh well I've got one very important announcement. Now today's date is March the 22nd, 2012. This Saturday, March the 27th, 2012 I am doing a wait did I say 2012? Did I say 2012? <laughs> 2021. Wow. I really do study prehistoric life. Can you imagine what animals were like back in the year 2012? Man, <laughs> 2021. I'm so sorry. So <laughs> March 27th, that Saturday, the uh, the 27th, 2021, got the right year. At nine o'clock Central Time. I am doing a free Zoom lesson for anyone that wants to join. To get the login details, you have to go to Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. You have to join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group to get the login details. If you are a Patreon member, You get the details sent directly to you. So let me say that one more time. This Saturday, March 27th, 2021, at 9 o'clock in the morning, Central Time. I'm located in San Antonio, Texas. So it's 9 a.m. Central Time. I'm doing a free lesson. The lesson is called Dinosaurs 101, and it's basically... An introduction to what is a dinosaur. I'll tell you what is a dinosaur. What isn't a dinosaur? We'll play some games. We'll have some challenges. It's a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy it. It's completely free. It's totally and completely free. But to get the login details, you have to join the Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group. And that's the important notice. Now for some shout-outs. First of all, this one goes out to Anderson. I got a chance to speak at Anderson's birthday group. It was so much fun, and I enjoyed it very much, Anderson. Thank you for letting me be a part of your birthday celebration. Then to all of the students at Sequoia Elementary in San Diego, California, you guys were a blast. I did a virtual lesson for you, and it was so much fun. You guys were hilarious. And then one of my favorites, Lake Travis Library in Austin, Texas. I got to do a Zoom lesson for all of the guests of Lake Travis, and that was a lot of fun. And then on Friday, my traveling museum was set up at Alkeck Elementary in Bandera, Texas. They got to see my whole traveling museum. I was there for the whole day. That was a blast. And last, but certainly not least, was Gideon's birthday celebration on Saturday. I had I had so much fun. Gideon, I still think you're 27 years old because you do not talk like a young person. You're the smartest kid. So, Gideon, thank you for letting me join you and your family and all of your friends for letting me be a part of your birthday celebration. So, that is today's shout-outs. Well, wait a minute. I got a few more. As a matter of fact, I'm jumping right over to the Dinosaur George kids page and going to give out some shout outs. First of all, uh, Megan, I want you to know that for Xavier, I'm giving him a special shout out since I know you guys are going to join me for the lesson. And I hope uh, Xavier is listening to this. So there is your shout out. Next, this one comes Uh, Says, hello, Dinosaur George. We discovered your amazing podcast on a recent road trip, and we love it. Well, Rosie, that is super kind of you, and I'm so glad. Now, Emmerich, who's five years old, and Zurich in Switzerland. Oh, Emmerich from Zurich. Sorry, I can't see my screen. Emmerich from Zurich, Switzerland. Switzerland! I am thrilled I have listeners in Switzerland. So, Emmerich wants to know... Did Elasmosaurus walk on Earth with other dinosaurs before swimming? What an interesting question, Emmerich. For a five-year-old, that's a brilliant question. That's really cool. So how did Elasmosaurus end up being an animal with big flipper-like paddles and a long neck? I don't know enough, Emmerich, to be able to tell you for certain where Elasmosaurus, what animals it evolved from? I don't know the answer to this. It's a brilliant question, and I wish I knew the answer. But Emmerich, maybe uh, you and I will work together one day to discover the answer. Where did a lasmosaurus come from? That was great. Okay. And now, oh, this is great. (laughs) This is from uh, Miss Karen Bowers, who wrote to me, (laughs) my little buddy, Gus. Gus was uh, going through some documentaries, and he found Jurassic Fight Club. Well, that was my television show. It was on the History Channel. I created, uh, co-created and wrote the series, and then I host it. Uh, so Gus got to see me on Jurassic Fight Club. Gus, I hope you liked it. By the way, I see this picture your mom sent of you wearing that cool dinosaur shirt with a three-leaf clover in the middle. That's the coolest shirt I've ever seen, by the way. Thank you, Gus. I hope you loved it. I hope you enjoyed the show. All right. This next question is from, uh, says, hi, Dinosaur George. My name is Harper, and I am four years old. I love listening to your show every day. Well, guess what, Harper? I'm going to say hello to you because I love that you love listening to my podcast. So what
0: do you think of that,
1: Missy? (laughs) <laughs> Harper says we listen before school in the morning and on the way home after school. And every time we are in the car, I really love learning things from you. That is so nice of you, Harper. I'm so glad you, you like learning. I'm so happy. Harper said we went to a dinosaur museum. Wow. And got to see a school paleontology lab. Now that is cool. Um, And so Harper took a picture in front of Allosaurus because she knew it was my favorite dinosaur. This is the coolest thing ever. That is so nice. And I love the picture and I love that you're standing right in front and I can see you. And that is so cool. And I really like that Allosaurus. That's crazy cool. And Harper said, also, can we learn more about Carnotaurus, please? Well, let me tell you something, Harper. I'll make it a point to make Carnotaurus the focus of of an upcoming podcast. I promise I will do it. So, I am so glad that uh, your mom took the time to post this for you. Harper, thank you so much for being a listener, and I'm so happy that you are. Okay, this is from uh, Pedro Melendez. Ooh, they, uh, Pedro's... Uh, uh, mom or dad posted pictures of this giant toy. This thing looks so cool. It's a huge Brachiosaurus toy. Thank you for posting the picture because I love looking at all of your toys and all of your drawings. And that one was super cool. All right. This one says, hello, dinosaur George. We just found your podcast and have been listening over and over nonstop for the past few days I am so glad that you guys are listening. My five-year-old Finnegan wants to know uh, wants to know how we know that velociraptors could run fast. Finnegan, that's a great question. The way we estimate the speed of an animal is by looking at its legs. There's two parts of your leg. It's your upper leg and it's your lower leg. Your knee is kind of in between. Your upper leg is called your femur, and you have two bones in your lower leg called your tibia and fibula. So here's how we do it. If your upper leg is longer than your lower leg, you're not quite as fast. But if your lower leg bones are longer than your upper leg bones, that makes you fast. Velociraptor's lower leg is longer than its upper leg, which means it's a fast dinosaur. Now, how fast? Well, we have to use math, and we have some, something called a formula, which is sort of a math uh, formula that helps us figure it out. So we know Velociraptor is fast because it has hollow bones, it has long legs, and its lower leg is longer than its upper leg, and that means it's fast. And then three-year-old Seamus wants to know, wants me to know that he loves dinosaurs and that T-Rex is his favorite. Well, let me tell you what, Finnegan and Seamus, I'm so glad that you guys like dinosaurs. And I think T-Rex is a super cool dinosaur, too. They say, thank you for such a great podcast. My boys think you're hilarious. And they learn so much. Yeah, you better be laughing at my jokes. I'm watching you, too. You guys better be laughing at my hilarious jokes because they're the greatest jokes in the world. (laughs) All right. Here's another one. Birthday boy, Jasper. Hi, Jasper. Jasper says, thank you for the Megalodon necklace. Oh, how nice. Uh, I know that uh, I saw we had packaged up a Megalodon necklace and sent it off to Jasper. Um, still a few Dino George gifts we ordered to deliver at his party on Saturday. Oh, that's so cool. And thank you guys for ordering those gifts, uh, for, for him. And I hope he, I hope Jasper likes everything that you chose. And thank you for doing that. Um, so, uh, he sent pictures. Now, I got pictures of Jasper wearing a birthday hat and wearing the Megalodon tooth necklace, which looks super cool, I wanna say. And, um, he said, let's see, he's telling us why Mosasaurus is, is the coolest because mom messed up and said that's what it was. Oops, edited Mosasaur tooth with Megalodon tooth. Oh, oh, so you said it was a Mosasaur tooth, but it was a Megalodon tooth. Well, I'm glad you caught that mistake, Jasper. We can't have mistakes. That was very cool. All right, Theo sent me a really super cool picture of a T-Rex tooth that he, oh, wow, that he dug out of a digging set. Whoa. Well, Theo, you get a shout out. You get a shout out again because you sent me this super cool picture. That T-Rex tooth looks amazing. Okay. Here's one says, hi, Dinosaur George. My son, Rowan, loves listening to your podcast. Well, I am so glad. And by the way, do you pronounce it Rowan or Rohan? Because there's two different ways to pronounce it, and I want to make sure I get it right. So I'm going to call you Rowan, and now I'm going to call you Rohan. So either way, I had to get it right. So, uh, his mom writes and says, "We all laugh at your jokes." Okay, I'm glad you people are laughing at these jokes because these are the best jokes in the world. So Rowan wants to know, wants is wondering what is the difference between a Triceratops in a chasmosaurus. They look very similar, but one of his books says that Triceratops could defend itself against predators, but the chasmosaurus couldn't, or at least not very well. Why is that? And then thank you. Well, you know what? Thank you for being so courteous and adding thank you because that's very, very courteous of you. Okay. They are different dinosaurs, and if you look... I know when you first look at them, they look similar, but there's a lot of differences. One of the main is that Chasmosaurus doesn't have really big horns like Triceratops. And that may be why your book says that it can't defend itself very well, but that is not correct. Chasmosaurus does not need horns just to defend itself. It has a cousin named Pachyrhinosaurus that has no horns at all, and yet it could still defend itself. When that dinosaur lowers its head and comes charging in, you are talking about, Three tons of dinosaur moving like a freight train. A train doesn't need horns sticking out of it to be dangerous. If it hits you, it's going to crush you. And Chasmosaurus could crush the competition. So it doesn't matter if it has big pointy horns or not. It had protection. And thank you so much for sending me that question, Rowan. Or Rohan. And uh, your mom's name is Vanny. Are Look, I'm just making wild guesses here. I'm hoping one of these is correct. And don't be upset with me if I got it wrong. Okay, now, uh, Cadence sent a picture of a Utah raptor eating a pteranodon. This is cool. I like the bright colors. Cadence, this looks really, really cool. So here's a shout-out for sending me that super cool picture. All right, my friends. So that's all the shout outs, and that's answering some of the questions that we receive through my Dinosaur George Kids Facebook group page. Now I'm going to start picking these from the people who sent them to me through the Dinosaur George um, uh, page. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a very short break here just for a second so I can catch my breath, and I'll come back in just a minute.
0: You can have a private virtual lesson with Dinosaur George. Have him speak at your birthday party or have a lesson just for you. Lessons last 45 minutes and are available to all countries and time zones. Visit our store at dinosaurgeorge.com and order your own private lesson today.
1: All right. This first question comes from Elizabeth and Samuel who live in Monrovia, California. Hi, Dinosaur George. We love your podcast. Well, I'm glad you guys do. Our question is, what did dinosaur poop turn into? Well, what a lovely question. That's actually a very good question. Okay. When a dinosaur goes poo, uh, two things happen to it. It either deteriorates and decomposes and goes into the earth to feed the plants which is why it's good or sometimes it can be it can lay out in the sunlight and get really super hard and then can be buried in a sandstorm or in a flood and the poo then turns to stone just like a fossilized bone does and that is called a coprolite so when poo becomes a fossil, we call it a coprolite. So two things happen. It either disappears or it turns into a stone. Either way, I love dino poo because I think it's cool just to say it. Dino poo. Good question. All right. Uh, let's see. Vanash, age 10, from Plano, Texas. What was the fastest dinosaur and was it faster than a cheetah? I know you don't know me. I'm from Anderson Elementary, and I remember you did a virtual lesson for us. Since I love dinosaurs, I started listening to your podcast, and this is my first question I've sent. Well, uh, Devanch, Div- Devanch, I think it's, yeah, Devanch. Devanch, thank you for listening to the podcast, and I remember your school very well. Anderson was a lot of fun. So the fastest dinosaur was probably Struthiomimus, Or uh, ornithomimus, but they probably were not as fast as a cheetah. I don't know, though. I bet you they would have been pretty close. Maybe they would have run about 50 or 60 miles an hour, whereas a cheetah might be able to run about 72 for a short distance. But here's the difference between them. Um, The dinosaurs could keep up the fast pace much longer than a cheetah. A cheetah runs out of air very quickly. Dinosaurs wouldn't. So in a long distance race, they could outrun the cheetah, but not in a short race because the cheetah was faster in a short race. Good question. All right. Ezekiel, age 10, from San Diego, California. When did you start studying dinosaurs? Ezekiel, when I was probably six or seven years old, that's when I decided I loved dinosaurs. And then I started studying them when I was probably about 14, maybe 13 or 14 years old. And that's when I began to study them. And I've never stopped studying ever since. Thank you for writing to me, Ezekiel. Okay, Renata, age 11, from San Diego. Since when did you become a fan of dinosaurs? Well, uh, Renata, I loved dinosaurs when I was as young as four. I can remember back when I was about four. So I would say I started, I started becoming a big fan of dinosaurs when I was so little. It's some of the earliest memories I have was dinosaurs. What a good question. All right, Sebastian, age 10, from San Antonio, Texas, my hometown. Hi, Dinosaur George. Would omnivores or small hunters like Truodon or pescivores like Spinosaurus, are they considered carnivores? Yes, they are. And omnivore will still fit into the family of theropods. Omnivore dinosaurs are still uh, listed in the family of carnivores. Even though they eat plants, they still are, at least when we're talking about dinosaurs. So yes, we still consider them carnivores, even if they're omnivores. And uh, little dinosaurs like truodon might have eaten insects. And it's called an insectivore, but it still would be in the family of carnivores. And finally, Spinosaurus, that you are correct, it is a pescivore, which means it eats fish. It's still listed and and in as part of the family of the carnivorous dinosaurs. Excellent question. Okay, uh, O'Shea, age five, from Porterdale, Georgia. Why does T-Rex have those tiny little arms if they weren't used for anything? O'Shea, this is a good question. So why does it have them if it doesn't use it? Well, first of all, they might have used their arms for something. We just don't know what. So first of all, it is possible they were using them for something, but we just don't understand what they were for. But let's just say, because your question was so good, let's just say, Its arms are super tiny, like Carnotaurus. Let's use Carnotaurus, because its arms are so tiny, it did not use them for anything. I can't imagine it did. So why does it have them? Why are they so little? Well, their ancestors' arms were bigger. But as these dinosaurs evolved and adapted to their environment, they no longer needed their arms to catch their prey. So with each generation, the arms were getting smaller and smaller. Because they didn't use them. And so that's why they had arms. I will say this. If T-Rex might have lasted another million years, they may not have had arms at all. But they died out just at the time that their arms were getting smaller and smaller. Good question. Zach, six years old from Morro Bay, California. What did Stegosaurus have those plates on its back for? There's a couple of different ideas. Some people believe that the plates were used to help the dinosaur get rid of extra heat. That's what I believe they're for. The plates would have been covered with tiny little blood vessels, and then sort of a fingernail covering would have gone over that. So the blood doesn't just run out. There would have been a fingernail covering over it. When you look at the skin of dinosaurs, it does not look like they have sweat glands. What's a sweat gland? Well, you have them on your head. You have them under your arms. You have them on your feet. You have them all over. When you're running and playing outside, little little spots of water appear. That's sweat. That's helping you stay cool. Well, since Stegosaurus doesn't have those in its skin... It has to figure out how to get rid of heat, and I believe that the blood that was pumped up into the plates, the heat within that blood would leave the little blood vessels, would float out of the fingernail covering, and that's how it lost its heat, and that's what I think they were for. Other paleontologists believe that they were only used to attract a mate or maybe scare away a rival. That means if it's a boy and it wants a girlfriend, it could make those plates, uh, the bigger the plates were, maybe that attracted them. Maybe they could make them change color by pumping the blood up into the little plate. Maybe that changed the color. And so that may have been used for that. Or if they're going to fight with another stegosaurus, maybe if their plates were bigger, the smaller stegosaurus would walk away and not want to get into the fight. The one thing I don't think they were used for, Zach, is I don't think they were used for protection because the plates were not made for fighting. So I think they probably used them for cooling down. That's my guess. Okay, Ramona, age eight, from Portland, Oregon. Did male and female dinosaurs behave differently? Also, did they have families? What a great question, Ramona. First, yes, I'm sure they behave differently. When you look at the animal kingdom, at all the living animals today, usually the males act different than the females. Usually the males are more aggressive, which means they fight more. But they do that to try to take territory. They try to do that to impress the girls. So I think they probably did behave differently. I think if you were looking at Triceratops, I think the males would have been off by themselves a little more. Kind of like bull elephants today. The the male elephants don't hang out with the herds very often. They live by themselves. I think dinosaurs may have done that. And to your question, did they have families? They did have families, but I don't know if the family always included mom and dad. Sometimes I think the family may have just been mom. Maybe the family was just dad. Those things are hard to know for sure, because fossils tell us a lot of things, but they don't always explain behavior. So we have to look at living animals to try to guess how prehistoric animals behaved. That was a good question, Ramona. Thank you so much. Okay, Grady, who is four years old, from Cordova, Maryland. How many different colors were the dinosaurs that we know of? Which color dinosaur is your favorite? This is a good question, Grady. We do know what color some dinosaurs were. Can you imagine that? Paleontologists now have the ability to know the colors of some dinosaurs. They use lasers that help them figure out the color. It's so cool. So, we do know the color of a couple of them. Psittacosaurus uh who else um is it Sinonithosaurus? S- I think I, I we do know the colors of some uh we know one dinosaur had like stripes on its legs with a red head uh some were had a dark brown back with a light colored tummy, which is counter shading. so what would be my favorite color if I knew what color they were? I always hoped that allosaurus. Looked like a tiger. I always hoped it was striped like a tiger. And if it was, that would be my favorite. But for right now, the one with the black stripes on the legs and the red head. I can't remember which one that is, though. But that would be my favorite so far. All right. That was very good, by the way. Uh, Let's see. Sawyer, age six, also from uh, Cordova, Maryland. Did any dinosaurs besides Spinosaurus have a sail? Well, they didn't have sails as big that we know of. Now, there was a dinosaur like Acrocanthosaurus that had sort of a high ridge on its back. And maybe some of Spinosaurus's cousins had sails, but unfortunately, there's never been any discovery to prove that. My guess, Sawyer, is that probably, yes, they did, because that sail certainly served a purpose for it to be that big and if it served a purpose then other dinosaurs are probably going to use the same thing so uh, unfortunately we don't know but i wish we did okay this uh oh fasuki uh 6 years old from tokyo japan hey there my friend uh and you are a a uh, um a a new patreon member and you know what fasuki you just sent me some who would win battles so i tell you guys what i'm gonna do i'm gonna do something very special
0: who would win what if two different prehistoric creatures fought who would win t-rex versus a giant wolf raptor versus terror bird Spinosaurus versus Triceratops. You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will size them up and pick a winner. Now, get ready. It's time to find out who would win. All
1: right, at the beginning, I said I'm not going to do a who would win, but... Since you're a new Patreon member and you're listening all the way over in Japan, I'm doing a special one for you. Let's see. You sent me three. I'm going to pick Spinosaurus versus T-Rex. This is the ultimate super battle. First of all, Spinosaurus is taller if you include the sail. It's longer from tip to tail. It's very, very powerful. It's got very long arms with big three, big claws. But then you got the powerhouse, Tyrannosaurus Rex, the king. Oh, this dinosaur may not be as long as Spinosaurus, but it's got a bite that is so much more powerful, it could crush the competition. So in my opinion, Spinosaurus is first going to stand sideways so it looks as big and scary as it can, and it hopes that T-Rex is going to run for it. T-Rex is going to stand its ground. So then Spinosaurus is then going to deploy its first line of defense, which is its arms and those claws. Spinosaurus is going to rush in, swinging those claws and trying to scratch as much as it can. But it's trying to stay back a little bit out of the bite of Tyrannosaurus Rex, because if Tyrannosaurus Rex grabs this dinosaur, this fight is over. Now Spinosaurus's snout is very long which means it has a farther reach it can stand back and it can reach in and snap and bite and swing with those arms but T-Rex is just going to come barreling in like a train and if T-Rex rushes in head down it is going to knock that Spinosaurus over like a bulldozer and then Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to crush the poor neck of Spinosaurus, and he remains the king. And there you go, my friend. There's your first who would win. All right, Jack, age 10, from Olaf, Kansas. Hi, Dinosaur George. I would like to know how the Saltosaurus got its name. I love your podcast. What a nice thing. I'm so glad, uh, Jack, that you did. So how did Saltosaurus get its name? Well. You got me, buddy. I don't know. I don't know what salto means in English. I know saltosaurus is from South America. Was it found in Mexico? There's a place called Saltillo in Mexico, but I don't think that's it. Jack, you have stumped me. Congratulations. Uh, thanks for embarrassing me in front of everybody, Jack. Oh, my gosh. You mate, now right now everybody is laughing and pointing at their radios laughing because they heard that I didn't know the answer. Well, shame on you naughty kids for laughing at me. Yeah, I see you all laughing. <laughs> That's a good question, Jack. I just don't know the answer. I wish I did, Jack. I-, I just don't. That's a good question though. Okay. My buddy, Ricardo. Now, Ricardo, you told me how to pronounce your country. It's in uh, your, the name of your, your Austria. You live in Austria, but your city or Is it Viach? Viach? Oh, Ricardo, you're going to be so mad at me when I got that wrong, because I probably did again. I'm so sorry, buddy. Your question is, does Velociraptor also take on baby Brachiosauruses? Now, in a pack. No, they, they wouldn't. And let me explain why, Ricardo. Velociraptor is late Cretaceous. Brachiosaurus is late Jurassic. So they were separated by a lot of time. But let's just say, for the sake of your question, if they lived together, would they? Even a pack of Velociraptors would have to be very careful if it dared attack a baby Brachiosaurus. Because I believe very firmly that mom would have been there to defend them. And one step from that foot or one hit from that tail and the Velociraptor is going to shatter like glass. So in my opinion, I do not believe that they would do that. But that was a very good question. All right, Diego from Texas. Uh, Hi, I'm Diego from Jenks Elementary. Hey, I'm so glad that I did a virtual lesson for Jenks Elementary. I hope I can go to your museum one day because I love dinosaurs and I also like learning about them. I hope that we see you in person one day. Well, you know what, Diego, I'll bet you that maybe next school year, maybe your elementary school will bring my museum to your school and then I'll get to meet you. Or I'm trying to open up a museum here in San Antonio. I'll keep everybody posted. And if I do, then you can come visit me and I will get to meet you in person, which is something I would like to do. Okay. Amelia from Houston, Texas or from Katie. She lives in Katie, which is near Houston, Texas. Amelia says, do you ever wish that you were a dinosaur? Yes. When my alarm went off this morning and I didn't want to wake up, I wished I was a Dinosnoris. All right, you people better be laughing at that joke because that was the greatest joke in the world. Dino Snoris? Get it? <laughs> okay. Yes. Amelia, when I was little, I wished I was a dinosaur. I wish I was an allosaurus. I wish right now I was an allosaurus. Because if I was an allosaurus, I tell you what, Amelia, I'm now going to read your question the way an allosaurus would read it. Ready? Here we go. from Haiti, Texas says, You have a rush. You were a dinosaur. Uh, yes, that's how an allosaurus spoke. Yes, they spoke English. Thank you all very much. <laughs> Amelia, that was a fun question. Thank you for writing to me. Okay, Samuel, H. 10, from Houston, Texas. I think the dinosaurs died because they were cold-blooded. Is there any chance that the animals that survived were warm-blooded like us? Samuel, that's a good theory. Now, the evidence tells us that dinosaurs were actually more like warm-blooded than cold. But even if they were, there were cold-blooded and warm-blooded animals that survived the extinction at the end of the age of dinosaurs. A lot of animals survived. Birds, mosquitoes, insects, arachnids, uh, reptiles, amphibians, sharks, birds. Mammals, warm-blooded and cold, lots of animals survive. That's the real mystery, Samuel. The mystery is, why did so many animals survive? Maybe one day one of you will be able to answer that question. Okay, this is from Sandvik, who's with Jenks Elementary. How many dinosaurs did you dig up, and which year did you find your first dinosaur bone, and which dinosaur was it? All right, Sandvik. Uh, I've probably dug up, with dinosaur bones, if you include all the teeth and all the little pieces, probably a thousand maybe. Well, maybe not that many. Maybe so. Maybe a thousand. The first dinosaur bone I ever found, I was 22 years old. And so I'm 59 years old now. So that was long ago. I don't know which year it was, but that was a long time ago. And it was the first dinosaur bone I ever found. Was the tailbone of an Allosaurus. And it was already my favorite. It was already my favorite before I found it. So, how cool is that? How cool is that? Okay, let's see here. Uh, I'm just flipping through some of these. Let's see. Uh, Joshua, age nine from Texas. Do dinosaurs have special names like Seismosaurus? Well, yes. Every name has a meaning. Sometimes they're named after people. Like there's this dinosaur named Tim Imus. It was named after a boy named Tim. Sometimes dinosaurs are named after the place they're found. Like Utah Raptor was found in Utah. And sometimes scientists give names to dinosaurs that have something to do about the dinosaur. Like for instance Seismosaurus. Seismo means earthquake. Saurus means lizard or reptile. Its name is the earthquake reptile. Why did they name it that? Because it's so gigantic, it probably felt like an earthquake whenever it walked by. All right, cool. Let's see. uh, A young man named George, age 12, from Winter Haven, Florida. Hey, why'd you steal my name, George? Don't you be stealing my name? So George says, hi, dinosaur George. My name is also George, and I love paleontology. All right, listen, you better stop copying me, George. <laughs> so George says, I was wondering why did triceratops have such a big nasal passage? That's a scientific word for breathing through its nose, the, the tubes where the air traveled in and out. George, there's a number of reasons. A couple would be, first of all, if it was ever cold, a big nasal passage means that the air travels into that passage and the body could warm the air. So it would be breathing warmed up air that would help it from being extra cold. The other reason why is it gave it an incredible sense of smell. And that's a very important thing to all dinosaurs, but especially to herbivores because that super sense of smell helps you detect predators before they get too close so that you are prepared for them. But it also helps you find where water is. Some people have said animals can't smell water. Well, of course they can. You can. Have you ever been playing outside and the rainstorm is coming and you smell the rain? You're smelling the rain. Well, animals can smell water as well. They can smell it in lakes and in rivers and in streams. So it's very important to be able to find water, and it's very important to find food. So, Young Dinosaur George from Winter Haven, Florida, thank you for taking the time to write to me. I love your name. Stop stealing mine. Stealer, Stealer, Pumpkin Eater. I don't even know if that's a phrase, but I'm making it. Thank you, George. Thanks for writing to me, buddy. All right, Alex, age nine, from the Sunshine State. That's got to be Florida. I'm Alex from Freedom Elementary, where our Freedom 7 Elementary, where I did a virtual lesson uh, in the first grade. And your name is actually Alexander, but you go by Alex. Can I get a shout-out in your podcast? Alex, let me see if I understand you. Alex from Freedom 7 Elementary in the Sunshine State, Wants to get a shout out on this on my podcast. No way. I don't give anybody shout outs. So there's no way I'm going to give a shout out to Alex from Freedom 7 Elementary in the Sunshine State. No way am I going to give you a shout out. And there was your shout out, my buddy. (laughs) All right. uh, Let's see. Uh, Ian, age nine, from Satellite Beach in Florida. Hey, I just want you to know that I love to learn about dinosaurs uh, that you talked about. Well, thank you so much. I did a lesson for uh, Ian and his classmates, and I'm so glad that you enjoyed them. I'm very glad to hear that. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Here's one from Jack, H five, from Pleasant Hill. I think that's Pleasant Hill. Is that California, Jack? I think it is. Could Titanoboa eat a giant squid? Well, this is a good question. Uh, First of all, it couldn't squeeze it to death because the squid is mostly made of water. It would be like one of those squishy balls. If you squeezed it, parts of it would just kind of get bigger around it. So Titanoboa couldn't even squeeze a giant squid. Now, a giant squid could eat Titanoboa if it grabbed it and pulled it underwater and drowned it. But could a giant snake eat a giant squid? I don't know. I don't know how Titanoboa would be able to get that thing in its mouth because the squid doesn't have any bones. It would be hard for it to swallow. I'm going to say, I don't think it could. That was a great question though. That was a very good question. That was very, very good. Okay. Let's see. Uh, Bryn age 10. Yeah, it's Bryn age 10 from Cocoa beach, Florida. Hey, I just had an assembly and you told us about marine animals And how they evolved. Could you please go into more detail about Megalodon? Okay, Bryn. So, Megalodon is a shark that is sort of related to great white sharks. And it, it evolved from earlier sharks that weren't quite as big. As whales began to get larger, sharks began to get larger. Megalodon just became Gigantic animals, predators sort of divide up the food source. And so they try, like some said, I'm not going to get giant. I want to be super fast because I want to chase fish. So they stayed small. But Megalodon looked around and went, oh, look, if none of you guys are going to eat these whales, I'm going to get super big and I'm going to eat a whale. So over generation after generation, the biggest member of the shark family was able to kill more prey because it was bigger. And that means when it had babies, their babies were going to be big because their parents were big. And that happened over and over until you finally get to Megalodon, who turns out to be gigantic. Good question, Bryn. I hope you enjoyed the lesson that I taught you. Okay, let's see. Um, um, um uh, this is from Jonathan uh from Beckley, West Virginia. Uh, Jonathan is 20, so this is a good question. Hey, George, I have two questions. How well would a T-Rex do if it was placed into Giganotosaurus's territory? It's an interesting question. If for some reason you dropped a Tyrannosaurus Rex into the territory of a Giganotosaurus, I personally believe that they would look at each other, not recognize each other, and therefore not really know what to think. Giganotosaurus is certainly going to stand its ground I think T-Rex would probably leave I don't think it would stay and fight I, I really don't I think Tyrannosaurus Rex would just simply leave and the only reason why is something called the home field advantage which means if you're a stranger and you wander into somebody else's territory they know every inch of that territory, you don't you don't know If there's a fallen tree around the next corner, you don't know if there's a lake, if there's a river, if you're, if you're fighting, you have to be aware of your surroundings. And so, um, so they, he would be totally lost and that would mean it would be at a disadvantage. And that's why I believe they wouldn't fight. But if they did fight, I will tell you, this would have been a terrifying fight. On its home turf, I believe Giganotosaurus would have won, but any other spot, I think T-Rex would have won as well. All right, let me keep going through some of these. I want to get down uh, to some of the earlier, oh my gosh, do you guys know there are 644 Ask Dinosaur George questions that I haven't answered? <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> can't answer all of them, but I'm going to try. Oh, Okay, uh, Benito third from San Antonio, Texas. Why did dinosaurs, what did dinosaurs look like a long time ago? Well, we can dig up their bones and we can certainly take a guess at what they would have looked like, but we cannot always say for certain what they looked like. Sometimes the skin doesn't leave any evidence. So if it had bumps or cool-looking little horn-looking things made of skin, we simply wouldn't know that. So I would think that as more and more discoveries are made, maybe one day we will find more skin impressions, and that will give us a much better idea. All right, this one comes from Oliver, age six, from Kellyville, New South Wales, Australia. Hi, George, is Indominus Rex real? Thank you, Ollie. Ali, first of all, I think, Ali, are you one of my Patreon members? Because I have a Patreon member named Ali. Is it you? Even if it's not, I'm still going to answer your question. What do you think of that? Ali says, is Indominus Rex real? Well, it's not, Ali. Indominus Rex isn't a real dinosaur. That was a dinosaur that was made up just for the movie. It's cool, and I like it very much, and it's okay to like Indominus Rex, because i think it's cool but um it was made up for the movie all right now i'm going to answer questions uh just from my patreon club members and that's going to round out this one so let me play a little commercial i hope you all will consider joining
0: patreon here we go become a member of the dinosaur george patreon club and join the fun we offer different club levels, each with their own set of benefits. Private lessons, new discoveries, behind-the-scene access, and much more are all part of being a club member. Visit dinosaurgeorge.com and sign up today. All right,
1: this first one comes from six-year-old Houston that says we would love a class on Irritator. Uh, says we love DG. Thank you for your wonderful education and engagement. Well, Houston... Thank you very much for being a member. I appreciate it very, very much, and I'm glad that you're part of the group. I will try to do a lesson on Irritator because I love that dinosaur. It is incredibly cool. All right, this question comes from Dave S., who is a T-Rex member. Dear Dinosaur George, we have really enjoyed your podcast and have learned so much about dinosaurs. We listen to your podcast while we color our Jurassic World coloring books. That is awesome. That is awesome. I'm so glad you guys do that. Um, so let's see. Okay. Uh, you guys, Sammy and Ellie Sue, you guys sent uh some Who Would Wins. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play them. In the next podcast, I promise you guys, I'm going to put them on the next podcast. Only because this one has gone on so long. But I promise you, I'm gonna I'm gonna play your hood wins because you got good ones. I like them very much. Listen, that's ooh. Who would win between Velociraptor and Utah Raptor? Well, listen, Sammy and Ellie Sue. The only way that I'm able to answer it is if they play the Who Would Win music, and so...
0: Who would win? What if two different oh no. dinosaur creatures fought? Who would win? T-Rex versus a giant wolf? Raptor versus Terror Bird? Spinosaurus versus Triceratops? You choose the animals, and Dinosaur George will... All right, you little stinkers,
1: how did you sneak that in on me? How did you do that? You sneaky little kids. Okay, so here we go. Who would win? Velociraptor versus Utah Raptor. Utah Raptor has the power, Utah Raptor has the size, but Velociraptor has the speed. And I believe that Velociraptor could run circles around Utah Raptor. And even though Utah Raptor is a monster, catching Velociraptor is going to be hard. So, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think Ellie and Sammy velociraptor's gonna win this battle. I think velociraptor's gonna do it. That's my opinion, and that's a great who would win That's a very good one. All right, this next one is from actually a very good friend of mine. This is Keith Crawford, who is a very good friend, and they live up in um up in uh Canada and uh I'm glad Keith said, hey, our whole family loved the podcast. I'm so glad. Thanks for so much for answering Tyrell's questions. It was my pleasure. So Jasper, age nine, wants to know who would win in a fight between Dinosaur George and Yoshi? Okay, you naughty little kid. You're throwing me in with Yoshi? All right. Well, first of all, guess what? I don't have to answer this because the music isn't playing. Who would so- win?
0: What if two would you different prehistoric
1: creatures fought? Who would win? Stop playing that music! All right, Jasper, you little stinker. I don't know how you got that, but who would win? Let me just say this. I have a secret weapon. The greatest weapon ever involved. It is my mighty underarm stink bombs. When I lift up my arm, it throws a stink bomb that is so devastating. Even Yoshi couldn't survive. And let me tell you something, Jasper. Since you tricked me into doing another who would win, if I ever get to meet you, be prepared for a stink bomb. (laughs) All right, let's see. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Zach, my little bro. Zach um, sent me, first off, how am I doing? I'm doing fine, Zach. I hope you're doing well as well. Zach says, now I've got a good one. A pack of Utah Raptors versus Carcarodontosaurus. Well, I've already told you, Zach, I'm not going to do any more Who Would Wins for this podcast. So all of you need to stop asking me because I'm not going to do... Who would win? No!
0: What if two different prehistoric creatures fought? Would you stop? Okay. Whoever
1: is back there pushing that button, stop doing that. Great. See what you did, Zach? See what you did to me? Pack of Utah Raptors versus Carcharodontosaurus. This is a good one, Zach. You always do good ones. This is a good one. I'm going to say that I believe Utah Raptors would be a little too much for one Carcharodontosaurus. I mean, Carcharodontosaurus is a monster. But I think Utah Raptors, even though they're not super fast Raptors, I still think, I still think that they are going to be the ones that are going to win. I think they are. I think they are. So that's a, that's a good boy. I'd like to see that fight. Could you imagine that fight? That would be insane. Okay. Uh, this one comes from my buddy Jasper. Now, this is a different Jasper. Jasper has another battle request Dinosuchus versus Plioplate Carpus. Okay. Dinosuchus is a giant crocodile, Plioplate Carpus is a. Member, a sort of a Mosasaur. But unfortunately, Jasper, I'm so sorry. But unfortunately, who I, would win? What if two different prehistoric creatures fall? I said, unfortunately, I... Who would win? What if two different prehistoric... Okay, fine. What is going on around here? Dinosuchus, it's it it's so well armored that I don't even think Plyoplate Carpus would be able to to attack it. I think Dinosuchus would win Jasper. It's simply too it the body armor would defend it. And, and Plyoplate does not seem to have any body armor. So I think I think that it would be Dinosuchus. Uh let's see. Let's see. Uh uh, okay, I'm just going through the rest of this. All right, there you go, buddy. Oh, and you also wanted me to do a feature creature on Quetzalcoatlus. I saw him on the list. I saw it on the list. All right, this next one comes from, uh, uh oh, Eric and Natalie. Oh, nice, nice. Okay, well, Eric and Natalie is mom's name. This one is Torsten. Torsten just wanted to write me a note and say he had such a great time with the podcast and being in the club. Torsten, thank you, buddy. Thank you very much. I'm so glad that you are part of it. All right, my friends. I hope all of you have enjoyed today's lesson. Um, uh, by the way, um, 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 let me remind you one last time, because this is very important. This Saturday which is March 27th in the year 2021. I am doing a free Zoom lesson for anyone. It's called Dinosaurs 101. It is an introductory lesson on what is a dinosaur. I'll talk about what is, how does something fit into the family of dinosaurs, and then we'll talk about some of the different families. It is at 9 o'clock in the morning, central time. I live in San Antonio, Texas. But to get the login information, you have to go join the Dinosaur George Kids Patreon group. There's, There's the Dinosaur George Patreon page, and there's the Dinosaur George Kids group. It's the Dinosaur George Kids group that you have to join. And there you will see the login details. And I hope you all join me. I hope you, I hope you do. All right. So, like I told you guys, this was a different kind of podcast. This one did not have any of the usual stuff because this one was just to answer questions. And every now and then I'm going to do these because I just get too many questions to answer them all at the same time. For all of you out there. I hope, you are, uh, I hope you are all well. I hope you are staying safe. Make sure if, you're, if, if you are young, make sure to tell mom and dad that you love them. It's very important that they hear it. You know you love them, but they need to hear it. So if you are riding in the car with mom and dad right now, look at mom and dad and go, mom, dad, guess who loves you? This guy right here. So you make sure and tell them. Be kind to everyone. And please, if you have friends that like dinosaurs, please let them know about the Dinosaur George podcast. And if you would like, I hope you will consider joining our Patreon club. Until next time, everybody. Thank you all so much for... Knock it off! Until next time, everybody. (laughs) I'll see you guys later. (laughs)